Welcome everybody to Red's Ramblings. I have with me today Ish, originally from Bangladesh, now currently living in the States, going for his PhD in neuroscience. Ish, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, hi everyone, my name is Ish. I have been living in the U.S. for about 10 years now. Um, I came to the U.S. in 2010, but originally I'm from Bangladesh. I've also lived in Saudi Arabia. Uh, I've sort of grown up in both of these places, so I sort of identify myself as uh, as being part of both cultures um, and also of American culture now that I've been here for mm -hmm. 10 years. Um, yeah, I, I go to school here in the U.S. Uh, I do research in neuroscience um, uh, on uh, chronic pain. So, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. so chronic pain is a major uh, disorder in the U.S. A yeah. lot. Um, about 100 million people suffer from pain. Mm -hmm. um, and so my goal is to sort of look at new therapies, new sort of ways in which we can understand pain better because it's led to a big crisis in the US. Oh, um, yeah. oh, yeah. Opioid epidemic. So the part of where I am, Michigan especially, has a huge opioid crisis as well. So part of my research is sort of to mitigate that. So yeah, that's briefly about me. So, so if you don't mind me asking, then it seems you're trying to find alternatives to painkillers. Yeah, so that's one of our goals or um, sort of things that are not addictive, things that are not reliant, that people aren't suffering from. Because mm -hmm. part of the opioid epidemic is because people just got relied on these yeah. drugs and um started abusing them mm -hmm. to the point where it affected their health, yeah. their dying. Um, so my point, sort of where I am and our lab's research is focused on sort of what other methods are there. So mm -hmm. we focus on a lot on non-pharmacological treatments. So things like acupuncture, things like okay. meditation, things like yoga, mm -hmm. things like that are, that have zero side effects. Um, yes. So we focus on how we can, sort of um, understand these therapies better and mm -hmm. how we can sort of ultimately prescribe patients these things and hopefully bring them more into mainstream so that they can move away from relying on painkillers solely to sort yeah. of alternative methods. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, one more question, because now I'm even more interested in you. Yeah. Uh, acupuncture. I've had a fascination with acupuncture for as long as I can remember. I've never tried it. It's not really a thing down here in where I stay. Yeah. Um, but I've always been fascinated just by the way it looks. It looks like I'm one of those, if it looks cool, I kind of want to try it. Right. Yeah, like yeah. I don't, I know there are people who say that acupuncture can be used to fix a number of different issues. Yeah. Um, I don't, have an issue that I feel could be fixed by acupuncture. I just want to try it. <laughs> I just want to try. It. I mean, you're, yeah. you become a human porcupine, essentially. It just, you know, pinhead. It looks cool to me. Um, yeah. So in your research, then, is there like a legitimate, um, like, uh, um, what's the word, evidence behind acupuncture in, in helping that? Yeah, so it, it really depends on the condition. So yeah, the, okay. the literature on uh, how acupuncture helps certain conditions is is mixed. So yes. you can see that for some things, um, 
so uh, just to back up, so acupuncture is part of traditional Chinese and Japanese mm -hmm. Eastern medicine, basically. And so um, there's a lot of philosophies behind it. Yes. And a lot of these philosophies go into sort of talking about how energy flows through the body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so very like sort of um, philosophical aspects yes. about, the, about the universe and the world. Yes. Uh, so some aspects of that is not, I wouldn't say it's wrong, but it's yeah. not scientifically proven. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, and then there is sort of the therapeutic aspect of it. So the medical aspect. So, uh, and that has ranged from pain, depression, mm -hmm. uh, psychiatric illness, general well-being. You don't have anything wrong with you, but you can just, um, oh, I want to try it for general yeah. well-being. Um, so it depends on whether it's uh, the scientific evidence behind it. Uh, I mm -hmm. can only speak about pain. Okay. So for pain, because I, that's what I study. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. pain really depends again on the type of pain disorder. So there is more disorders like um, fibromyalgia, which is sort of a yes. whole, whole body pain. Yeah, so yeah, for yeah. that, it is effective. So okay. it's, for disorders like that, it, but then there's things like cancer pain. So if someone yeah. develops like a, a tumor in their body or some sort of a ca cancer or some sort of um, thing like that, they develop pain from that. And so mm -hmm. um, it may not be as effective for certain, that kind of pain. Yes. You might want to get proper medical attention there. You might oh, go yeah. to the doctor and get chemotherapy, et cetera. So mm -hmm. it might not help for that kind of pain. So it depends on what kind of pain uh, it is. But yeah, generally, if you are having pain, you can think of it as an alternative to painkillers. Painkillers yeah. will have side effects. Um, mm. Acupuncture won't. Um, that's sort of the, and it's really applicable for um, general well-being. So mm. if you want to get it, yeah, go try it out because it's. Yeah, uh, I do. I want to. Oh yeah, yeah. So I've had. I I don't. Thankfully, I don't have any. I'm blessed that I don't have any pain disorders. But mm. I've I've tried it out with. Um, sort of the acupuncturist that I work with. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I was about to ask that. Yeah, yeah. And they've sort of poked me with needle. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's sort of a very tingling sensation. You like, mm -hmm. it's, in, in a way, it's very magical. Like you'll, you, someone will poke you, let's say, around here in your palm. Yeah. And you'll feel it like in your shoulder. Like, it's really weird. It's really yeah. weird. And so when they talk about these like magical, like energy channels through your body, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're referring to that. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it's a lot of um, what studies have shown that uh, like your, your body is, a, your skin is connected with connective tissue mm -hmm. and like fascia and like different types of basically connective tissue. So that can transmit information from one part of the body to another. So that might be why you're feeling. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It might seem like a sort of sorcery, right? When yeah. It's poking you somewhere and you feel it somewhere else, but yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And I, I, I do see how it could help with fibromyalgia. Cause if I recall correctly, that's kind of like a tingling, a painful tingling sensation throughout your body. And oh. yeah. So little, little pinpricks here and there. If you go through, you know, the, the idea of that being flows of energy throughout your body, you can kind of essentially stop that flow, stop that pain from, from continuing yeah. on something yeah. like that. It's, yeah. it's, it's my simple assumption of the yeah. situation. Um, that's cool though. But yeah, acupuncture is definitely on my bucket list one day. Oh yeah. I, I got to try it. I got to try it. 
Um, so Bangladesh. Yes. Born in Bangladesh, correct? No, I was. Uh, my parents are from Bangladesh. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, I was born in Saudi Arabia. Okay. So my parents, um, they're from Bangladesh. They met in the 90s, um, mm-hmm. got married um, in the 90s, um, and I was born in the 90s. And uh, they basically, soon after they got married, they moved to, Bang- uh, to Saudi Arabia. So mm-hmm. the reason why they moved to Saudi Arabia is for jobs. Okay. Um, and so uh, I was born in Saudi Arabia. Uh, mm-hmm. But my growth was very much around people from Bangladesh, my family. So I very much grew up as Bangladeshi. And I used to visit every summer for three months for the majority of my childhood. So, Okay. All right. What, what brought you to America then? Yeah. So a good question. Um, education. America has one of the best education systems. Um, so I came here. Uh, to get education in 2010 um, Mm -hmm. is when I started uh, college and then um, I worked for a few years um, in in a job and then now I'm back in school again to get my graduate degree yeah Uh, so yeah education was a big reason Uh, and the reason for that is um, uh, when my my family really valued sort of oh go get a degree whatnot um, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Sort of my family philosophy. My parents themselves are not very educated, so my parents are um, uh, not even college educated. Mm-hmm. So um, they wanted their sort of uh, child to go. Oh and yeah. Educate. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I went like back in the day when I was in high school. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna apply to a bunch of places mm-hmm. in the U.S. elsewhere. I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm in a, a whole bunch of places. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And just see who who pays me. So that that was sort of my makes thing. sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, um, the U.S. education system is incredibly expensive. People Woo! are on, on debt for yeah. a while. Yeah. So my choice of coming here was because uh, the undergrad university that I went to basically gave me a full ride to come here. Okay. Um, so that's sort of the reason why I chose to come to the U.S. It was a small school in the middle of nowhere in Connecticut. That's that's <laughs> where. Yeah, that's where yeah, I yeah. School. So uh, yeah, and, and yeah, I've, that's that's basically why I chose to come come to the U.S. And I've been loving it so far, um, being here. Well, that that's cool. That's good to hear. Definitely. Yeah. That's that's definitely good to hear. When it comes to your your family. So your family is originally from Bangladesh. What yeah. part are they from? So they're from Dhaka. Um, that's so the capital, right? That's the capital. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, uh, so when you, so it's it's very interesting. So culturally, if you ask mm-hmm. someone where you're from, there's two meanings of it. So okay, um, let me explain. So one meaning is sort of where is your uh, is sort of your uh, village or where is your okay. Like, where do your ancestors come from? Yeah. And then the other one is where you live, basically. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, so now uh, in the American sense, it's basically like, where are you from? Like, where do you come from? Right. So yeah, basically like, um, like, yeah, they're from Taka. But then if you are to think about um, where the ancestors are from, so if someone asked that question, they're from uh, these two sort of provinces called Kumila and Chanpur, which is basically these two regions near Dhaka um, and so who, who used to be sort of one province but then they are they separated mm-hmm. um, 
but yeah, that's that's basically where my uh, my family is from. Uh, most of my parents' life, they've lived in sort of the major cities. Okay. Uh, in, in in Dhaka, yep. Yeah, because I know when I was looking into stuff with um, Bangladesh, it's a fairly new country. Yep. Like they, they gained their independence in 1971, that's if I correct. recall correctly, and it used to be part of Pakistan or East Pakistan. Oh, yeah. It was like called East Pakistan, I think it was, or West. That's um, so when you, when you, when I was looking up like specific Bangladeshi history, there's not a lot, um, oh, yeah. hasn't been around a lot. So, um, and, and a lot of it's fused with Pakistan culture. There's a lot of, uh, fusion Indian. with Indian culture. Yes. Indian culture's really big. Yeah. And I, I, I was hooked to that when I looked into it, cause I've spoken now to two people from India yeah. Three actually now, now that I recall. Um, I love that culture, the Indian yeah. culture. I love that culture. So the fact that you guys share a lot of similarities with them, yeah. I was like, all right, this is gonna be cool. I know I'm gonna be interested in, in yeah. this talk. Yeah. Um, what are some of I was asked because I, I you know, because I posted it in the Discord that me and you're part of as well. Yeah. Every now and then, you know, I'm talking to so and so from wherever send me a question right yeah so i did that for you as well so i've gotten two questions yeah one of them was what is something that people around the world use that we that we use semi-regularly yeah but we may not necessarily know is from bangladesh is there Uh, something like that oh yes okay Um, so majority of uh, clothing that you wear, so yeah. let's say in the U.S. that you go to, you might go to, let's say, um, if you think of what, what a middle class or a working class person in the U.S. will, will go in terms of clothing. They'll go to stores like H&M or they'll go to Gap or, or yeah. like that to grab cheap clothes. Um, yeah. Not too expensive, not not even at the level of, let's say, um, Salvation Army or okay. or secondhand clothes right uh so if you look at the where the tags is and what country they're from um you'll notice two major countries one is china number one is china and number yeah. two is Bangladesh. really so, yeah so uh next time you're at one of these stores just look at the tag you'll yeah see, uh, you'll see yeah, i'm curious about that now yeah so bangladesh has a major garments in- industry okay. uh, major major garments industry mm-hmm. um uh, and uh, that that is um, like the job of most urban working class people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll go to sort of these giant factories. You can think of them like in the U.S. Um, sort of automobile factories, right? Giants, yes. people going in, working these jobs, um, and then and then coming making a living based on that. So it's sort of like that. Uh, oh yeah. While garments is a huge industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that's one thing that is definitely from mm-hmm. um, Bangladesh that we use in the U.S. or the West. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People may, might not know that it's from Bangladesh. Yeah. Well, when she asked me that question, I was like, okay, Bangladesh as Bangladesh isn't that old. So I was thinking you might not have had anything. So I tried to find one myself. Yeah, I think I found another one. Okay. Um, it, it's kind of in dispute right now, it seems, from what I was looking at. Uh-huh. But 
radio communication, like radio communication, essentially there was, I'm, I'm going to pull it up because I don't want to butcher this guy's name. Oh, yeah. But he has been found to contribute, contribute a lot yeah. to radio communication and, the, the, well, you know, the radio industry as a whole. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that a name you're aware of? Jagdish Chandra Bose, yep. Okay, yeah. okay. So you know if I, I've never known I've never heard of this guy till till today essentially. Yeah. But apparently, yeah, they're saying radio research. He he came up with a whole lot of stuff around the time, you know, Heinrich Hertz and everyone was figuring things out. He added to it, but he yeah. is credited with a few things. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. I mean, everyone, like our phones all have radios in them these days. You know, yep. radio as, you know, typical radio isn't as widely used anymore. Yep. But we use radio in some form or fashion just about every day. And yep. this guy helped contribute to that. Yeah. And yep. I'm pretty sure that's definitely something a majority of people would not contribute to Bangladesh if they hadn't already known. Yeah, um, I'll tell you another one while we're on. Okay. The so um, yes, there's this uh, architect. Uh, do you know about the Sears Tower in in Chicago? It's sort of yeah, a, yeah. So it's a sort of a American icon. So in oh terms yeah. Of infrastructure um, or architecture. So uh, there's a uh, the architect of that was from Bangladesh. So his name is Fazlur Rahman Khan. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, you should look him up. He, you spell his name. Um, you can just say uh, Sears Tower Architect Khan. Yeah, and I got it right now. Okay, all right. Yeah, Bangladeshi American. That is cool. Yeah, so he's from Bangladesh as well. Um, so he created something in the U.S. Um, that is very popular now. So. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. You know what that reminds me of? I meant to mention it earlier today on my Ireland episode. Yeah. So one of America's greatest, you know, structural icons right here is Sears Tower. Yeah. Created by a Bangladesh, of, uh, an individual from Bangladesh, from another country. Yeah. The White House was designed by an Irishman. Oh, cool. Right? Yeah. Probably easily the most American of all buildings. Yeah, exactly. You know, was designed by an Irishman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, come on, that's, that's pretty cool. I like that. And I, I meant to mention it to the guys the other day. Um, but yeah, and I, I know I, I get a kick out of it. And I'm glad that you brought that up, uh, Mr. Khan, with the Sears Tower. Because with the Discord, mean you are part of sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it gets a little bit of very political, very politically charged in, in that discussion every now and then. Well, not even every now and then, pretty much all the time. Yeah. Um, but to see such well-known, very American structures built by, essentially by immigrants or foreigners, yeah. that, that is America right there. Yeah. That is America as a whole. You can't argue with it. That yeah. is America. I mean, what we it, are. It, it goes back to like... Um, everyone here in this country, no matter how many generations you track back, Does except it. Native Americans. Exactly. Except for Native Americans, everyone else, you trace them back generations, everyone is um, an immigrant here. So mm -hmm. uh, you can trace everyone back to certain cultures that they come from, so. Yes. Uh, food. 
Yeah. My second question was food. And I mean, I'm going to ask you, you've seen some of my videos. I'm always asking about food. I love food. It's what I yeah. do. Everybody Same. loves food. I love food too. So what is some of your favorite Bangladeshi dishes? Yeah. So, um, so let me just wrap this into the context of, so you mentioned we're very similar to Pakistan, yes. India. Yes. Um, and so you might have heard this from um, the Indian uh, people you've spoke, spoken mm -hmm. to. Um, the food in this region is very diverse. Like you'll go, okay. you'll go like you'll maybe go 50 miles in another direction. You won't see the same thing. Okay. Uh, being, being had. Uh, it's, it's, it's very different from in the U.S., I would say, because sort of the U.S. icon is, let's say, McDonald's. You can see yeah. that. Uh, Hamburgers you, and hot dogs. Yeah, exactly. So you can't necessarily see something like that in, in, in that region. Um, so, but we use a lot of the basic spices and ingredients. Oh, yeah. Um, so things like cumin, things like um, mm -hmm. turmeric, things like ginger, uh, garlic, um, uh, things like mustard, like we use a lot of that, that types of spices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, now there's regional variation. So in, uh, uh, in India, let's say, depending on whether you're in north of India or south of India, you'll see drastically different use of, let's say, dairy or meat. Okay. So, uh, and this varies by their religious sort of yeah. uh, preferences. This varies by um, their diets or what's available. So let's say in Northern India, you'll see very heavy use of dairy products. Mm -hmm. You won't see that in Southern India. You'll see more use of coconut-based products. Okay. Yep. Um, now, if you go more, uh, and you'll see like, so two major religions in India is Hinduism and Islam. Mm -hmm. So uh, Hindus are not allowed to, because of sacred reasons, not allowed yeah. to consume cows. Yes. So um, you won't see very much meat eaters in, let's say, uh, a vast majority in India. Mm -hmm. uh, but then when you move to Bangladesh, Bangladesh is a Muslim country. So it, mm -hmm. it's an Islamic country. So we're allowed to have, let's say, meat. Um, mm -hmm. So you'll see we, we do eat meat, but also the, uh, we have a heavy consumption of fish. So okay. our sort of major dish in terms of protein is fish. Okay. And uh, let me tell you why that's the case. Because Bangladesh, another fun fact about Bangladesh is uh, we have more than 20 rivers in, in the entire okay. Yeah, I didn't come across that. Yeah, so um, that is sort of the mid So it, it's what's called a delta. So it's located. Yes, I did come across that. So it is very much ingrained with water and a lot of freshwater uh, river supply of fish. So okay. because of that, the, the primary sort of profession among people is uh, agriculture and fishing. Okay. Uh, so people who live, let's say, in villages and non-urban areas, that is sort of the, so for that reason, our diet has really revolved around um, fish and rice. So that's okay. sort of the, the main thing. And we have lentils as well um, mm -hmm. uh, as, as sort of more agricultural products. So uh, you'll see most of our dishes being made with these ingredients. Um, so that's a very like sort of historical description. Yes. <laughs> Going back to your question of what my favorite food is. Yeah. So, uh, biryani. You should look up biryani. Um, it is biryani. my favorite. Biryani. Yep. It's B-I-R-Y-A-N-I. 
It's sort of a popular across the Indian subcontinent, and there's a lot of regional variation. Um, and the way you can think about this, it's rice cooked with some sort of meat in it, in very okay. cooked way. Um, and it's the most delicious thing in the world. Um, the most delicious in the world. Seriously, I would say about top five favorite things that I have on my uh, uh, among the top five is mm -hmm. this, but also I have um, American barbecue. American oh, right. oh yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, so that's right up there. So this, this <laughs> it competes with that. Um, okay. If you ever get a chance to have good biryani, you should mm -hmm. you should take advantage of it. Um, I mean, I, I like. Because you were scaring me for a second when you spoke a lot about fish because I'm not a seafood fan at uh -huh. all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if I can have, you know, cow meat in there, I know goat meat is prevalent yeah. over there. Um, any other type of meat. And yeah. I mean, how if you mix meat with rice, it's hard to go wrong. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. Now, my only question, though, is I because it's – from where you know the the regions that with Pakistan and India, yeah, I'm not a fan of spicy foods. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So, would I like this though? So it depends. You can get a sort of milder version of this. Okay. In, in the U.S., if you go to <laughs> the U.S., you'll you'll get a milder version of this. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, yeah. not sure if there is any. Um, are there Indian restaurants around you when, where you live? I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure if I was a Google one, I could find one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you'll find this dish there. And if you tell them to make it mild, tell them okay. that hey, like, you can't just be like, <laughs> hey, I can't, I can't tolerate. Yeah. Like, oh, man. I, I'm straight up with everybody. When it comes to hot foods, I'm a bitch. I don't do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, nope. Mm -mm, not my yeah. thing, man. Not, yeah. not my thing. Not yeah. At all. So, yeah. I mean, um, Mild version, you'll enjoy it. Okay, uh, I can do that. I can I, do that. I, I could even cook it for you if you were if you ever come <laughs> up here in Michigan. Um, yeah, yeah, hit me up. I'll I'll cook you biryani. It's it's very it, it can be done very mild. You uh, got it. No problem. No yeah. problem at all. I'm gonna come during the summer months though because it's too damn cold up there. Usually. Oh yeah. Don't yeah. no, don't come here over the winters. Hell no. no. <laughs> So biryani, and that looks like, you know, a typical dinner dish, supper dish. Do you guys have desserts? I, mean, I know you do. Everybody has a dessert. What's yeah. your favorite Bangladesh dessert? Yeah. So, uh, so there's actually, I've top two. I'll give you top two. So one okay. is called uh, Rosh Malai. So it's spelled mm -hmm. R-O-S-H-M-A-L-A-I. So it's basically like sort of these... Um, cheese balls that have been sort of soaked in um uh like a sugar syrup and then okay. they put in milk and so they it's very spongy it's very like um yeah that's that's what okay. it's like um and it's delicious it's uh, i'm trying to figure out a comparison to any sort of american sort of um desserts like can't think of any that would. It's yeah, like we don't have a lot of cheese desserts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's not. It's it's like if you think of like a very like um, cake that's very moist and soft, and it has a lot of like um, 
like liquid in it. Like I, I don't know if you've had like like strawberry shortcake or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know how it gets soggy, very soggy mm -hmm. because yeah. So you can think of it like very soggy, uh, like sort of cheese balls. Um, it, it doesn't sound as appetizing. The it way doesn't. I'm sorry. It does not. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you got to trust me on this. It's, it's well, it's, it's I pretty... love cheese. I do love cheese. So I'm assuming if I love cheese and this is a dessert cheese. Yeah. I'd probably like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll like this one. So that's one um, that, uh, and, and actually there's different regions of Bangladesh that, mm -hmm pride themselves on making this like it's, oh, it's yeah. kind of like you know how in the south there is um like oh like kansas will be like our barbecue is the best or like it's oh yeah and texas will be oh, like our yeah. barbecue is the best so in bangladesh there's different regions that uh so let's say kumila will say oh ours is the best and yes there's people all over the country going there to get those and there's huge lines outside of mm. that place all the time and they run out it's it's a similar thing so oh yeah oh, this yeah. is one where there's regional variation and people love either one style or the other yeah um and then the second sort of uh uh, uh thing is shamai so it's s-h-e-m-a-i um shamai is basically also like uh, it's like sort of vermicelli noodles it's like very thin noodles that has been cooked in sort of milk and sugar and all the good stuff um, it's like a pudding basically. Um, okay. Yeah. And it's delicious. So, um, you put some nuts and raisins and things like that as well in it. I do. I do love raisins. I love raisins. Is this? Yeah, that's right. Yep. And there's different versions of this. So there's sort of a dry version. You might be able to see here. There's sort of a drier version where it's cooked down a little, not as much milk. Okay. Also like more like watery versions of it. So very, very thick, very like, it's like oatmeal. Like you're mm -hmm. having like a hearty bowl of oatmeal. That's what it's like. Um, and this is very popular um, back home. Okay. All right. Very unique. Cheese dessert. Yeah. And oh, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I like that. That is, that is a unique looking dish right there. Yeah. That's very there's, unique. There's, as you can see, there's different versions of this. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you go from household to household, they'll be, like, very different. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Back home, uh, like, in, in, let's say, the culture is in the neighborhood. If someone makes one of this, you you give, give to your neighbors, you give to your um, sort of people who live in, your, in the same building or whatnot. Um, you just distribute it because you make it in large batches. And so... Uh, they'll oh, be yeah, like, yeah. people will be like oh like um yeah this th oh this woman makes such good yeah yeah this they don't so yeah there's a lot of <laughs> talk in the neighborhood about it i got you oh yeah so in terms of like traditions and um ceremonies and whatnot what are some uniquely bangladesh type traditions yeah so, um, so there is, uh, that, that question can be in sort of two parts. So one okay. is, um, one, what is like in terms of the heritage of Bangladesh, yeah. what's, um, sort of unique to that, but then uh, the second would be religiously. So mm -hmm. yeah. In, oh yeah. In, in, uh, in Bangladesh, a lot of religious traditions mm -hmm. are very much merged with cultural traditions. So you 
oftentimes you won't be able to find a distinction between them. So mm -hmm. um, the major tradition in um, in Bengali culture, so uh, so the the term Bengali again is mm -hmm. uh, not just describing Bangladesh, but it's also yes. describing West India. So West yeah. India is basically where the border is, and they they speak the same language. They have a yep. lot of same cultures. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so the sort of Bengali tradition is called Boishak. So it's spelled B-O-I-S-H-A-K-H. If you Google this, you'll see like very colorful images. And it happens in around in April. Um, uh, and it's the sort of the start of the new year. In the, in the Oh, in yeah, I did come across that. Yeah. So uh, and it's a very colorful. Uh, it's a celebration of spring, basically. It's a yes. of like new like year. It's a celebration of new like um, yeah. You'll see sort of these like images like that. Um, and it's it's a celebration of spring. It's a celebration of new year. It's a celebration of um, new crops. So that's how mm -hmm. it originated. It's like um, like farmers used to celebrate. Oh, we're gonna get new crops and we're gonna like be well fed this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a celebration of that essentially. Yeah, so, I know one of the things that's always interested me when i when I, I looked this up um like you said it's the start of the bengali new year right yeah. which starts in the excuse me april um yeah. i've always been like because i'm born and raised here in america mm. beginning of our calendar is yeah. january 1st yeah, but yeah, then yeah. other cult other cultures the start of their year is it changes yeah. you know and that that that's just a strange thing to to wrap my head around sometimes you know because like how can your calendar start in april it starts in january yeah, yeah, exactly. you know it, it's a fun thing to to learn because like you guys it's not the same everywhere you know everyone everyone has their own thing like i'm, I'm i can't remember off the top of my head but i'm sure china chinese new year starts somewhere different and various cultures around the globe start yeah. technically out on a different month or whatever and that's just always cool. I like that. And yeah. I mean, look at this. Who who doesn't love, you know, floats and yeah. parades? And yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's always cool, man. That's yeah. always cool. And there's a lot of celebration of food here as well. Um, mm. So there's actually different types of food that's um, eaten during this period. So we basically uh, eat like fish during this time. There's a certain mm -hmm. kind of fish that we eat. It's called uh, eelish. It's a very like prized fish. It's quite expensive. Okay. Uh, so you, you typically tend to eat that and you eat that with some rice. Um, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's called pantabhat, which is basically um, like watery rice. It doesn't sound appetizing at all, but it's yeah. very porridge. It's like porridge. Um, okay. Like, and so people will typically eat that during during this period. They'll dress up, as you can see, like this. Um, uh, like people are wearing like uh, white and red. Like those are yeah. sort of colors of spring. You'll see. Um, so yeah, it's it's very like festive. Um, and people are have like flowers everywhere and things like oh, that. Yeah. It's a very festive celebration. Um, I, I want to ask real quick: Is I know you guys have the. Uh, bengali tiger over there yes and i see this owl what is does the owl represent something um uh i think it's one of the animals that we um we have in our country that's why it's okay um, 
it's a symbol, but yeah, yeah. Uh, the Bengali tiger is definitely the oh yeah number one symbol. Um, it's actually an endangered species. Yes, um, yeah. Uh, and so there is a lot of efforts now um, to preserve the Bengali tiger. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I know the second to last Indian interview I did, the guy was from West Bengal. Yeah. And we mentioned that. And I think when I looked up, looked up the number yeah. of Bengali tigers, it was like 350 yeah. in the world. And I, I'm a cat lover. I love cats. Mm -hmm. We, you know, I have a few here. Yeah. My mom has, you know, tiger statues. Tigers are freaking cool. White yeah. tigers, you know what I'm saying? They're, it's a badass fucking animal, you yeah. know? So just to see that sucks yeah. ass. Yeah. Definitely yeah. sucks ass. Yeah. Um, Especially when it's not the only animal that's sadly going yeah. in that direction. Exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so, since you've been to the States, what is, have, in the 10 years you've been here, have you gone back? Oh, yeah. I've gone back several times. Yeah. Okay. Um, most recently, 2019 in December, I was there. Okay. All right. That's cool. Yeah. What is, one of the things that where you're at now or in the States in general, you don't really find a lot of that when you go back to, to Bangladesh, you can't wait to try or to, to experience again. Yeah. I mean, food definitely. So yeah. sort of the home cooked meals, mm -hmm. um, that is definitely a big one that I, I mean, there's places, there's immigrant communities here that you mm -hmm. can, you can get some stuff, but yeah, uh, it's not the same, I would say. So yeah, food yeah. is definitely one that I would miss. Uh, but also like the um, family relatives. My, I have two oh, yeah. families. So my, my dad has uh, seven brothers and sisters. My Whoa. mom has five brothers and sisters. So okay. we're very big families. We're very yeah. close-knit. Um, so family is a very big um, uh, thing that brings people together in mm. our oh, culture. Oh, for sure. It's for sure. Very, very valued. Um, yes. Um, and you'll see that in the U.S. in certain places more than others, but uh, yep. where families are valued. Um, yep. Uh, but yeah, it's it's quite valued ba back there. Uh, so yeah, those that's are good. things that I would I, I miss most. Um, yeah, and that that's understandable. Family, yeah. family's everything. Uh, oh, 100 percent, hundred percent there. Um, what? Shit, I just had it. Oh crap! It, anyways, while I, while I try to remember what just escaped my brain here for a second. I was looking into something. Your national sport is something I've never came across before in Bangladesh. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, uh, Kabaddi? Yeah, Kabaddi, yep. Kabaddi. Yeah, what yeah. is that? I have never seen a sport anywhere close to that. Yeah, so it's sort of like a wrestling, mm -hmm. wrestling type match. You can think of it like that. Um, no. I it it can get very like because uh, uh, people also do that in the mud like you can like, okay uh, people really like trying to um, like tackle each other it's sort of like if you if you take American American football and you mm -hmm. remove remove the football aspect of it and you sort of just have the sort of the physical fighting like yeah, that's yeah. basically what it is. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I haven't personally played uh, a mm -hmm. lot of it, um, because I, uh, again, um, I didn't, 
uh, in the times that I was in Bangladesh, uh, my my parents were very like, oh, don't do certain things, like don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I barely had the chance to do this uh, very much. But yeah, it's a very popular sport. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah, I've never. It's it's curious looking. It's curious. I'm, I'm as soon as we're done, I'm gonna like pull up a YouTube page. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and watch a little bit of it because sports. Sports are one of those things, like you said, family brings a lot of people together. In the time you've been here in, in the States, sports brings a lot of people together as well. It is really big over here in, in this country. And that I think music brings everybody together. Sports brings people together. Not as much as music, I would, I would say. Family definitely and religion brings a lot of people together oh, yeah. as well, for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of music, I was look. I don't know what what is your preference when it comes to music, genre wise. Um, are you talking about uh, English music or Bengali music or or just in general? I, in general, yes, in general. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a g- genre preference like. Uh, there's country music I love. Like, honestly, really? there's like, yeah, there's some country <laughs> songs that I absolutely love. Uh, yeah. But then there's, I like pop music, mm-hmm. like uh, English pop music. I like classical music. Um, yeah. yeah. Bengali yeah. as well. There's pop music. There's classical music. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'll list, you'll see me listen to very international things. So I, I consider okay. me more of a global person. So since I also grew up in Saudi Arabia, so... I'll listen to Arabic music as well. I'll listen to Persian music as well. Like, so my name uh, ish the the full form of it is actually Persian. So it's not even okay. Big, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I consider myself more of a global citizen. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll listen to basically anything. You'll you'll see me like switching between different things all the time. Challenge accepted. Yeah. yeah. Um. The reason I asked is a, a lot of times when I talk with people around the world, you know, one very open, very caring, in, you know, inspiring people, everyone I've spoken to. But I, at times I get us, I can kind of gauge what they listen to, even without asking, right? I don't know if that makes any sense, but like you, you said, you, you'll listen to an international flavor i guess when it comes to music yeah. it doesn't you'll give it a chance right i do that every time i'm looking into a country yeah. i'll bring up their music now sadly because i put this on youtube i won't be able to play anything yeah but i was looking into it and one genre that i absolutely love is metal heavy metal music right and i know one music again universal it's everywhere Generally, however, when I think of when I was younger, when I thought of metal music or hard rock in general, I didn't necessarily think of non-Western countries. Yeah. That makes any sense. You can call it closed-minded. That's fine. But after actively searching for other countries that do heavy metal music, my God, my brain just boom. Exploded. Yep. There is uh it's Deshi Rock. Is, uh-huh. is, yep. And there is a band that I was playing right before me and you got on that even my wife downstairs heard. And she's like, that sounds good. I was like, I know, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, the Illumination is okay. a Bangladeshi, essentially like um, experimental, a little bit of symphonic metal. Um, yeah. I'm going to send you a track of theirs after we're done here. Let me know what you think. Let okay, me know cool. what you think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, not surprised at all um, because you'll see like a lot of these bands that uh, pop up in the in Bangladesh. They uh, they tend to be people who are inspired by what the West, right? So yeah. maybe they'll like come to the U.S. or other Western countries like me, and they'll they'll get inspired about. They'll listen to metal. They'll listen to um, yeah. like rap. So yes, it's Bengali rap too, by the way. Yes, um, I think what uh, Bing. I think it was Bengali Youth Project uh -huh. is something going around right now that it seems, if I recall, it was like a collection of individuals. Yeah. And in some of their songs, it has, they, they, they do rap. They do. Oh. And yeah. it, it was interesting. It, now, yeah. granted, I prefer more metal than, than rap, especially these days. Yeah. Um, but it's still like that. It's, it's always cool to know that, again, some how I thought you know years ago was majority a western thing yeah isn't it's everywhere and yeah. that and and then when you do listen to other countries that have they you know they add their own flavor you know yeah. their own instruments to it so like there's a there's actually a few bands from india that i love like when they come on like you can tell like it's got a little Indian sound to it, you know, that that, yeah. that doesn't sound American for sure, yeah. you know. And there's a Japanese band that I love that when they come on, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it's got a little Japanese twang to it, you know. It's yeah. got a little Japanese flavor to it. And yeah. now I'm listening to uh, De-Illumination, and I haven't quite listened to enough to get that Bangladesh flavor. Yeah. But now that I found that that flavor's down there, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going to be looking. I'm going to be looking. <laughs> I'll have to look up this band. I haven't heard of them before. I so. will send it to you. I think I have it pulled up on YouTube right now. But again, oh. I don't want to get kicked off. Even though yeah. I'm not, I don't get money, so I don't have to worry about demonetization or anything. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. still, I will send that to you. Eventually, you'll, you'll, hopefully you'll make money off of this. So That'd be great. That'd be great. I mean, everybody wants that. Everybody wants that for sure. Um, one, one thing that, I like to look into that because I, I think this is going to be the last thing and then we'll get to more of Saudi Arabia um, yeah, topics is stuff that the person's country has done. That's pretty cool. And one, like your, uh, your, um, that scientist, uh, Dr. Bose. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming he was a doctor with what he was doing. Um, that's obviously incredibly cool. Another thing that I found out that was a countrywide thing for Bangladesh is y'all have a few Guinness World Records. Yeah. You have one for the longest human chain. Uh -huh. Do you know about this one? I, uh, I have heard about this, but I haven't looked, looked deeply into it. Yeah. Well, it happened in 2004. Okay. It happened in 2004. It, Bangladesh World Record was set with when over five million people join yeah. hands together, the yeah. longest human chain in the world stretching from Tecnaf to Tetulia, yep. 
Okay. So see the uh, the southernmost uh, point and the northernmost point. So it's literally taking the south and the north of the country and they went the whole country. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's insane. Yeah. So those are the two ends of the country, basically, that they they've been joined in uh, with people. In that is wild. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty insane. Five pretty million people. Yeah. That's, that's... As, as you're saying this number, I'm, um, another thing that I wanted to mention, uh, mm -hmm. just the sheer number of people in our country. So just to oh, yes. that. Um, so uh, I, when people ask me about Bangladesh, I tell them this. So uh, in terms of size, ge geography-wise, mm -hmm. um, it's equal to the size of the state of Iowa or yes. the state of New York. Uh, mm -hmm. So those are very one-to-one -one, uh, ratio in terms of size. Um, but the population of Bangladesh is 150 million. Mm -hmm. Population of the U.S. is 300 million. Yep. Um, so the way that I put this into perspective is you take half of the people of the U.S. and you shove them into the state of Iowa or the state of New York. Yep. And that's basically what you get in Bangladesh. So yep. I read some of the articles I came across uh, they use the analogy of, um, well, one, I think at one point, but either Bangladesh or how do you pronounce the capital city? Taka? Yeah, I'm Taka. Was at one point the most densely populated city in the world. Yeah. I don't remember the number, but I do know that was a, a title that it, that was once held. It's um, crowded, yeah. Yes. But the other one that's still current is and, and like you said, if you look at the size of Iowa or New York and picture that, but you guys are all or Bangladesh is the eighth, eighth most populated country in the world. Yep. You so again, for all of all the Americans out here, listen, you know, we all generally know how big Iowa is. We definitely have an idea of how big New York is. Yeah. Not that big. Yeah, not that but big. But in terms of country, that for Bangladesh, it's the eighth most populated Here's another in the world. Thing. Here's another thing. We are, in fact, so populated just by population mm -hmm. that our language, Bengali, is the yeah. sixth most spoken language in the world. No way! Because of how many people yeah. live. Yeah. It's sixth most spoken language in the world. Wow. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm assuming then you, you have to, are you fluent? Do you know Bengali then, I'm guessing, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm fluent in reading, writing, speaking, yeah. Okay. Um, if you had to say, hi, my name is, what, you know, your name, Ish. Uh, what, say a sentence in Bengali and then translate it in English for me. Yeah, so Amarnam uh, Ish, which means my name is Ish. Um, what else? Achke Abhoa Onik Megla. Which, um, which means um, the weather today is very gloomy. Okay. Um, which means I am drinking tea. Okay. Yeah. The uh, sixth most popular, that is, that blew, out of everything we've spoken about today, that blows my mind. That blows my, that blows my mind more than it being the eighth most populous country or populated country more than anything else that we've spoken about today. Yeah. I that mean, is wild. 
And it's not just people in Bangladesh. It's also West India, which yeah. counts because there's a whole bunch of, and it's also Bengali diaspora. So yeah. uh, people from Bangladesh who are immigrating to all these places, like the U.S. has huge swaths of um, Bangladeshi immigrants. Um, Canada has, uh, even Ireland has a bunch of. Um, really? Uh, yeah. No, uh, Scotland. Well, Scotland has a, has a huge Indian culture, so I'm sure there's a fair amount of Bangladeshis over there as well. UK as well. Yeah, pretty much all over the world. We like to, um, it's it's actually kind of a, I don't know if it's a joke. Yeah, it's kind of a joke, but it's also like, like we are born to like go elsewhere. Like that's how yeah. our minds think. Like, so we're, the, uh, the culture is very much like, um, like uh, we have a joke in our family, uh, basically. So my, 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 my grandfather, uh, my grand, uh, my great grandfather was a grew up in the village, um, okay. uh, and so my my grandfather also grew up in the village, and then he decided to uh, move to the make a move to the city, um, mm-hmm. so to the main city in Dhaka. So he decided to immigrate there. Um, my dad um, decided to uh, immigrate from there to Saudi Arabia, so for mm-hmm. job purposes. Yes. And uh, his son has decided to move to the U.S., right? And so there's this running joke in my family that my kids are going to want to go to Mars or like something. <laughs> That's sort of the joke. Right? I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. So we're, we're all constantly uh, moving. We're, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. And it's because of our cultural mindset. We like mm-hmm. uh, economic opportunity. We like mm-hmm. sort of... Um, um, yeah, we, we education we value we like uh, we value economic opportunity things like that. So that's why yeah. we're constantly moving. Like when uh, like uh, the reason why I mentioned this is because uh, like one of the uh, one of the things uh, if you look at the U.S. political landscape, uh, a big thing that gets brought up is why can't people like who are stuck in like rural places in the U.S. just like go elsewhere to cities things like that. Yeah. And and uh, and it's a mindset, uh, I think, problem because mm-hmm. it's a uh, not only do you have family or or things like oh, yeah. that, you're you're also like you, you this supposed to be a mindset which will bring you to other places. So uh, the reason why I say that in the Bengali mindset, it's very much like, oh yeah, we're gonna move. Yeah, we're gonna move. We're gonna uh, we're gonna look for better opportunities. We're gonna do this that. Um, that's fine with us. So it's 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 a it's a cultural mindset, I would say. And that's why we have this widespread Bengali diaspora across the world. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, I work with a guy who's originally from Vietnam and their cultural mindset is if you want it, get out and do it essentially. Yeah. Um, so when he came to work with me, he he's, I wanna say he's in his forties, maybe close to 50, I'm not exactly sure. But he was working like three jobs. Yeah. He was working extremely hard, you know, so he had multiple family members living with him, you know, supporting everybody. But they all worked as well. Like they had plenty of people working where one of them probably could have not worked or didn't have to carry on with three jobs. But that's just how they were. You know, it's mm-hmm. just how that, like you said, that cultural mindset for him was well, I want this, so I got to work for that. Therefore, I'm going to work for that. Um, you find that I've, I've come across that more than once in, in speaking with individuals from other countries, that cultural mindset, because there's, 
there's some country, excuse me, countries over in the, towards the Baltic Sea, Mike, it wasn't Poland, uh, uh, Denmark, Denmark was one. They have this strange cultural mindset of not being proud of accomplishments. Yeah. Um, Cause the lady I spoke to was an author and she wrote a book and she, she used the example that if, um, no, that was the lady from Estonia, excuse me, but they both had the same essentially cultural mindset. So Estonia, uh, Birgit, uh, she wrote a book and she said it was kind of frowned upon if she went out and said, hey, I wrote this book. Look at me. I'm an author. I did it, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of looked down upon over there. What needed to happen, the correct way to go about that was like her neighbor or a friend, like, hey, look, Birgit wrote a book. Look at her. Look what she did. This is great. Good for her. That's fine. But if they did it themselves, it's like, ah, uh, you know, what are you doing? You yeah. know, and hearing that from an American standpoint, which you've been here, you know, 10 years now, pride is huge over here. Oh, yeah. For dumb reasons sometimes. Like we are proudful for the dumbest shit at times. You know what I'm saying? But we'll shout it to the rooftops. You know, yeah, I don't, uh, you know. Exactly. Um, so to hear that, 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 that was, I, I'm gonna say that's more of a negative culture mindset, which even she agreed and she hopes that that country will grow and, and get past that. But then, like with, with Bangladesh and definitely with Vietnam, that culture that essentially strengthens the family as it grows. Yeah. You know, if, if you can, if you can pass that on to where, kind of like you say, you know, your dad moved, you moved, your kids are going to go to Mars now, you know, that's essentially growth and expansion. You know, yeah. your kids, wherever they go, are going to end up learning something new that you didn't know. You know, you learned a new side that your family didn't know probably beforehand, you know, so on and so forth. So that's just growing, maturing, developing for the betterment of the whole family. And yeah, yeah. that's an awesome type of mindset to have that. Yeah. That's some good shit right there. I like yeah. that. That's yeah. some good shit. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, mindset is it. I, I always wonder what the origination of mindset is because it, it varies so much across cultures. Like, w like why do you think that the US has um, this pride mindset, which a lot of other places, I know we're going off topic a little bit, but um, that's fine. Yeah, but um, what, what, let's say they, I know, I, it, it pride is sort of correlated with nationalism in in a way right so yes. like you you're you'll see this across all cultures cultures that are that are very natural nationalistic they're very they have very a, a yes. big, big big pride so um i always wonder like what the origination of that is and uh, i mean in some cases it can be valuable right so like yes. if you're in, in in war with another country um mm -hmm. sort of having a uh sort of a national identity is important. Um, but all, like another one that I heard recently is that uh, during 9-11 uh, was yeah. the last time when uh, there was no political divide. Yep. Everyone came together um, mm -hmm. in a very, very nonpartisan way. And the national identity was very strong. Very, very. Uh, so it can be beneficial during those times, right? Extremely, so, yes. Yeah, I, I'm always wondering about that. Like, what are some things that are... Um, that guess, led to it? Yeah, yeah. My opinion, um, 
is, I mean, if you look at what we have done in our past, like from how we started to where we got to where we are, right? You know, um, we, we, we won our independence from Britain. Yep. Awesome. You know, big checkmark, big, vic, huge victory, right? We did that. Um, depending on whose side you want to pick, you know, the Civil War was a victory, you know, um, again, depending on whose side you're on. Yep. <laughs> um, and the Cold War, I, I, I wouldn't say is a victory as much as it kind of dissipated, essentially. But nothing bad happened. Definitely nothing, nothing crazy bad happened. Yeah. Um, World War Two, you know, you know, we, victory, even if we did do some dirty shit at the same time. Um, but at that time, fucking everybody did some fucked up things. Yeah. Um, but victory, right? And so you go off of that. And since you've been here, like, like with Vietnam, you know, that wasn't a victory, but that's also not spoken about. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, like, mm, you know, it's not acknowledged for that reason because it, it was not a victory. It's, it's a blemish, you know, it's a blemish on, on our history. Um, and then you look at 9-11. 9-11, obviously, we took a big hit, but we've bounced back. Yeah. Um, so I think when it comes to stuff like that, we tend to focus on the big victories, yeah. where we're at, where we came from, you know, and, and where we're at now in terms of, you know, like our presence on the world stage, very prominent, obviously. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people take, take that for granted. Yeah. My opinion is taken for granted in a sense that, yeah, you know, we've done some good things, but we've done some fucked up things and we're not perfect. So one of the things that, I find an issue with is, is I, I'm born and raised in, I'm very proud of, of being American and all that. But at the same time, I acknowledged where we've made mistakes. Yeah. I've acknowledged where we have work to do. I've acknowledged where, you know, um, we well, yeah, just that, like where we've made mistakes, where we need to work, you know, places we need to work on. And stuff like that. I don't, there's a portion that I feel don't acknowledge that. Yeah. You know, um, in terms of, like I said, it, the big example would be Vietnam to an extent. It's just really not spoken about. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like out of sight, out of mind. You know, if you don't talk about it, you don't know about it. Right. So if you don't talk about the, our failures or where we're lacking or the areas we need to improve on, then all you know is what we're good at, what we have going for us, this, that, and the other. Um, so you're kind of willful. I, I love the term willfully ignorant to, okay. well, to, to, you know, places we need to work at. Like, it's fine. Like, I know the thing, especially with the climate we have right now, which I know, you know, me and you have talked about on the Discord numerous times, you know, patriotism is amazing. But that entails that you at least acknowledge the failures, the weaknesses. It's okay to have an area where you need to improve upon. Yeah. You know, no one's perfect. Nothing's perfect. No country's perfect. No one, no business, doesn't matter. Everything fails. 
every yeah. everything you know takes a step back you got to if you got to take a step back you're like all right all right all right get a little ahead of ourselves right now you know let's, let's take a step back okay focus here 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 come out do better you know yeah. that's kind of how we've done and we've done that off of the um uh, participation of yeah. people from all over and i think yeah. that's another thing that is severely forgotten and and ignored that we are a country of immigrants like that is how we are where we are today exactly. from the help of everyone all over the place yeah. like there's nothing you can touch essentially that's big like, yeah america that wasn't worked on created made some type of immigrant had their hand in it at some point or another that's forgotten that seems to have been forgotten or again ignored for some reason yeah and that needs uh that's that's aggravating man yeah <laughs> that's aggravating i hate that i hate yeah. it i hate it so anyways all right uh, on to some hopefully uh brighter conversations yeah. saudi arabia yeah so i wanted to focus mainly on on bangladesh because even you mentioned you 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 uh, uh, pride yourself more in your Bangladeshi heritage, yeah, exactly. it seemed, than, than Saudi Arabia heritage. Yeah. But so what are some things about Saudi Arabia that you do like? Yeah. Uh, so uh, just to give uh, listeners some context. So uh, my family moved to Saudi Arabia for um, economic opportunity. Mm -hmm. So, um, so uh, Middle Eastern countries in general are very popular uh, for immigrants. So immigrants mm -hmm. from um, uh, not only poorer countries, so sort of um, uh, like the Indian subcontinent, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Nepal, all uh, Sri Lanka, all these countries have people who uh, uh, migrate there for jobs, like working class mm -hmm. jobs, but also very popular for Westerners. So um, yes. very popular for Americans. Um, in Saudi Arabia, there is about, uh, I think, about 40,000 or so Americans who live in Saudi Arabia. And, uh, really? Yeah. And, um, uh, uh, and uh, I've interacted with a bunch of them. My dad, um, his entire uh, work life, I'll, I'll tell uh, listeners more about this in a second, but he has inter interacted with um, uh, Americans in Saudi mm -hmm. Arabia quite a bit. Um, so, and um, even not only Americans, but... Um, he, uh, British people, Canadians, etc., yeah. all go to uh, Saudi Arabia, but also the the Middle East in general mm -hmm. for economic opportunity of various kinds, uh, because there's a lot of jobs there. Yeah, that it, that place has grown a lot in the last few decades. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it has so much jobs, and the main reason why people go there is there's zero taxes. So oh uh, yeah, yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah, so. Um, uh, like yeah americans who work there um they're very valued and prized mm -hmm. so uh, americans are very looked uh, uh up to by mm -hmm. saudis so um americans are very much praised um and uh, they're allies very good allies mm -hmm. um uh, americans who work in saudi arabia get a lot of benefits like you'll get free housing you'll get free insurance you'll get free car transportation so okay and then all your salary you're getting is tax-free. So everything you earn basically goes in your pocket. So yeah. um, 
a lot of Americans prefer that. Like my dad has worked with a bunch of Americans um, and they say, yeah, I prefer working here. I could have not never made that money in the US. I've, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they think of them, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work here until I'm 65 and then I'm going to go retire back in the US. Like, yeah, that's how they see it. Um, but anyway, so my point was that um, my family moved for economic opportunity uh, and there's a whole lot of people from Bangladesh and all these uh, yeah. to move to Saudi Arabia and other Middle Eastern countries, Dubai, Qatar, etc. And they form communities there. So they form communities to uh, in sort of bigger extent than you'd see in the US. So there's literally neighborhoods full of Bangladeshis in, in yeah. um, and to the point that we have our own school. So we have our own school that is uh, okay. run by uh, Bangladeshis and yeah. uh, there's, uh, let's say, mosques and there's all these sort of institutions uh, very much built around Bangladeshis. Mm-hmm. So that's why um, I barely interacted with Saudis when growing up because of how immersed I was yeah, in yeah, that yeah. community. With through my school, through my, uh, through my uh, like uh, mosque that I went to, etc. So it's mm-hmm. very, very much integrated with Bangladeshis. That's how I, um, I was. So yeah. So that's just some uh, context. Um, and so to answer your question, which I forgot, if you want to remind me, what do you what? Do you um, well, I think it was even I forgot it now. Uh, I think it was what are some things that d- you do like about Saudi Arabia? Yeah. yeah so uh, economic opportunity. Very oh yeah, good. for sure. Uh, excellent place. If I were to, um, I would I would maybe in the future consider going back mm-hmm. there to for um, like economic opportunity because oh, yeah. it's massive. Like the amount of uh, money that you can earn, there's nowhere else in the world. You yeah. can that, honestly. Um, so that's one reason. Uh, second is uh, food. Food is excellent. Um, mm-hmm. so it's different cuisine, by the way, than Bangladeshi cuisine, uh, very milder, no spices at all, by the way. So you'll, you'll, you'll very much enjoy it. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, food is excellent. Weather, uh, this is a personal preference. So I personally prefer a hot, uh, dry weather. No, I'm not talking about hot, humid. That's that, that's what I got. That's what yeah, I got right now. Yeah. yeah, I so, hate it. So hot, humid is also uh, the weather of Bangladesh, by the way, because it's oh really? Warm. Yeah, yeah. So it's hot. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's very tropical as well. So there, so it's very, um, it's hot during summer. Very, very hot. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. But um, hot, dry is very different. Yeah, I've never experienced that. I've heard about it. I've heard like, because again, I'm from born and raised in the South and it's hot and humid, but I have a friend who went to visit her mother in Arizona yep. that's hot and dry and she loved it. And she's like, it's totally different. It's, it's, totally it's hot, different. but it's not the same. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, but oh, I, haven't, I haven't experienced it. So yeah. It's seriously not the same. It's, it's much more enjoyable. It's, mm-hmm. You can think of it... Um, and I'm not saying you try this, okay? But uh, <laughs> when, when you're near the, uh, like you're cooking something, you're near the stove, um, yeah. you sort of get like, like a gush of hot. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Air. It doesn't sound as pleasing, but uh, I got, it, I got you. When, when the wind is blowing in desert climates, it mm-hmm. sort of feels like that. And it's uh, it actually wicks away any of your sweat or things like that. So it's actually mm-hmm. like cooling in a way. Okay. Uh, it's 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 very and you 
because of the low humidity, you don't even sweat as much um, mm -hmm. because of that reason. The main worry uh, is sort of uh, protecting your face and um, oh yeah, and things from hot air. So that's mm -hmm. sort of the so. Um, if you look at sort of Saudi um, uh, uh, Bedouins, so Bedouins are basically people, nomads who live okay. in deserts. Um, yeah, if you look now up, there's a lot of like, um, you can see they're covered with clothing, both men and women. Um, you'll see that they're very much covered. Their head is covered. Their bodies are covered yeah, yeah, yeah. with clothing. Uh, and that's not for, one might think that's for religious reasons. It's not actually. It's for to protect themselves with, yeah, so you'll see that they're very much covered uh, in clothing. Oh, yeah. And that is very much to protect themselves from desert climate. So they're wearing all this so that the desert, the hot desert um, wind doesn't like burn their face or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the clothing is for that reasons. Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, uh, going back to the question, I really enjoy the desert weather. Um, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, those are some of the things that I uh, I really enjoy about uh, I I miss about Saudi Arabia too. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, another thing I would say is religious religion as well. So it's very much um, because I I am Muslim and I'm um, there's a lot of uh, symbols and there's a lot of um, religious holy sites in yes. Saudi Arabia that. Um, uh, my family used to be able to visit regularly when I was a kid. We would go all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's sort of a level of peace that's associated with that. Um, so it's very much so. Last summer, I visited um, Italy. I visited Rome. Okay. For yeah. A conference, and uh, I got a chance to go to the Vatican. And yeah. Me uh, a very um, like it's very peaceful there. Like you, it's it has an environment. Although I don't identify with the uh, Catholic religion, but I can see how um, people who live there enjoy a level of peace, a level yeah. of serenity, a level, level of um, identity uh, with God and um, their religion. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's the same thing in Saudi Arabia. So in, 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 in the sort of the holy areas, mm. um, um, you enjoy that level of peace and um, sort of religious identification. So that's oh, yeah. thing that I miss, I would say. I mean, that, that makes sense for sure. That makes yeah. sense for sure. I mean, as you know, I'm not a religious person, but believe what you want. It doesn't yeah. affect me. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You don't tell me what to do. Yeah. We'll, we'll get along just fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what are, so since you've been here, um, do you plan, I, if I remember right, you did say that you, did you apply for citizenship or is it residency? Is, yeah, so is there a difference? Yeah, there's uh, in the U.S. There's a difference of that. Okay. So, uh, in the U.S., it's a long process. So you, first, you have mm -hmm. to get sort of a, a residency, and then you mm -hmm. have to get um, citizenship. So it's mm -hmm. uh, it can be a up to a ten year long process. It depends. Dang. On it's uh, it's very difficult to do that in the U.S. Um, uh, but yeah, it's uh, uh, I would say for myself, yeah, it's in the works right now. Um, well, that's cool. Like I said, I hope you get it. Um, I, I like a lot of the ideas that we've spoken about off this, off this episode on in the discord for me, I think whenever you are able to get that, I, I would, I'm going to love to see what you put forth with your ability to vote at that time. Mm -hmm. Cause I, again, I like 
what because you come obviously you come from a different culture you come from a different upbringing than somebody born and raised here in the states so you see america differently than an american would right but even still i think when it comes to that it it, it boils down to a essentially to go back to how what i was talking earlier what this country is a country a nation of immigrants it is what we are it is how we got here you know to have those ideas from other people from all walks of life from everywhere it just brings everything everybody together yeah you know it, it's 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 like it's like if you're if you're working on a puzzle, right? This is going to be a weird analogy, but if you're working on a puzzle and you you stuck you're stuck, you can't figure it out, and you know your friend, your wife, husband, whatever it is, walks by, and you know you get that second eye, you know, like second opinion or whatever, and like, oh, it's this, and it was right there in front of you the whole damn time, but because you were so focused on your mindset, the way you were thinking, you weren't able to reach that answer. But then here comes somebody else and be like, oh, it's is this or oh it's that you know what i'm saying you need other ideas you need a multitude of ideas a multitude of upbringings to be able to see the world in, in a way where we can all kind of get along i don't know if that makes any sense it does yeah. in my head at least <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense so yeah but ish i want to thank you you've been awesome um again i'm i'm glad you're here i'm glad we were able to talk um yeah. I look forward to any other conversations me and you have in the future. And yeah, man, you have yourself a good day out uh, up there. And I'm, I'm visit sometime in the summer oh, yeah, Please, to, uh, yeah. to get some biryani. Biryani, yeah. Biryani. Yeah. All right. I want some biryani. And I'm going to send you that de-illumination track as soon as we oh, get yes. off. Please do. Please do. No problem. Uh, is there anything that you want to plug? Like if, are you doing anything like like Zach? I know Zach has his podcast. Do you have anything similar that you would like to get people to to uh, follow you for? I, I don't, but uh, I'll give a shout out for uh, you. I'll say if you haven't subscribed to Red's Ramblings podcast, please do so on YouTube and other media that you have. Um, I appreciate I've enjoyed, it. I've enjoyed hearing you. Um, uh, and the collaborations that you've done. I think it's cool stuff you're doing. I, I hope you get to make a business out of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate you, it, man. I think you have a lot of good conversations with people and I think there's a market for it. So nowadays- that's I, I hope so. And yeah, so yeah, I, I hope it gets going for you. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just having fun, learning new things. Every time I, t I speak to people, like again, uh, what, what was the thing you just said? That blew my mind. Uh, uh, language, uh, sixth most spoken language. Yeah, that that just, whoa, that really blew my mind. And again, you're the third person from another country I've spoken to today. And that's probably going to be the one that sticks out that I recall. Besides Poland with ketchup on pizza. That's weird. <laughs> Even though I have had it, um, it's not that bad, but it's still mm -hmm. weird. <laughs> um, anyways, Ish, thank you so much. And you have yourself a good rest of your day, sir. You too. All right. I'll see ya. All right.